This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Drummer Podcast. I'm Zach Albetta, and this week I'm talking with Terrence Clark. Terrence was on episode 158 of the podcast with Matt in 2018, and like many of our guests, a lot has happened since then, and Terrence is in a very different place in his career. In 2021, he joined Keith Urban's band and has been touring and recording solidly. He also has a new release under his name entitled Snapshots Volume 1 and 2, a collection of improvised duets. We have tons of Patreon content for you to check out, and you can get access to all of it for a buck a month. Go to patreon.com slash working drummer for video lessons, transcriptions, and bonus interview content from our former guests. Once again, a donation of $1 a month gets you access to everything at patreon.com slash working drummer. definitely get into the career changes that Terrence has gone through recently, but more than that, Terrence is a deep thinker and always a source of wisdom and insight and inspiration about music and life in general, so there's a good dose of that here too. So let's get to it. Hope you dig. Terrence Clark. So yeah, you're you're in the middle of this uh, Vegas residency. I am, man. Uh, it's kind of like the first thing I ever kind of started with Keith back when I first got the gig. Uh, he had a residency that he was wrapping up at uh, Caesars at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then now we're wrapping up uh, this residency here at. The former Zappos is now called the Back Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, cool. How long is the uh, how long is the run there this time? They're kind of like three week stints. So we we had one in March, we had one in June, uh, and then this one in November. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was just in Vegas uh, about a month ago with the the tour I'm on. Um, Who are you with? I interviewed. Uh, I'm on this uh, this Broadway tour. It's Ain't Too Proud, the the Temptations Broadway musical. Nice. Yeah, I'm having a blast, man. It's it's really fun. Um, but I interviewed uh, two drummers uh, who who live in Vegas. Um, one named Mark Party, who is on the Moulin Rouge tour, and another one named Pepe Jimenez, who basically stays in town and does a bunch of Vegas stuff. But um, Pepe was playing percussion on Lady Gaga's residency thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about how, you know, you know, various headliners are are doing these Vegas residencies more and more commonly 
Yeah. Um, so in the case of you guys, is there anything different about the show you do there? Or are you just kind of plugging in your usual show into the, the Vegas venue? Oh, it's definitely a Vegas show. Um, <laughs> but then but then that changes because, uh, you know, any artist, you, you do a thing and then you're like, all right, I want to try something else. What if we did it this way? Like it, it evolves, it changes, all that good stuff. So it's definitely changed. Uh, but it's, it's a Vegas thing. Uh, there are things to consider that I never knew that you have to consider. So yeah, it's definitely a Vegas uh, vibe um, with the production, the vibe. Uh, one thing that people don't really consider is that there are a lot of people coming to these shows that don't know the artists. They're coming to see this artist for the first time. They're not like right. the fans. Um, so that's always interesting because every show is very different. Every show mm-hmm. is very different. Um, on Wednesday night could be more lit than a Friday night. It just depends you know, um, with the crowd and the people that came into town that, that week. So, um, right. It's been interesting to, to watch that and, uh, see the changes in that. So, yeah. And when you say every show is different, you know, I think you're, you're talking about sort of the, the vibe you get from the crowd on a given night, but does the actual show itself change from night to night, depending on where that's at? Yeah. Keith is very hands-on, like he'll notice something in the show one night and be like, Hey, let's maybe switch this song or this order because I felt like this had this moment and I want to keep this moment. And so it's, it's a constant editing. Um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, right. I just try to stay out of that part of it. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, whatever song, <laughs> whatever song we're going to do, let me just try to execute it at the, at the top of my ability. So, so that I I'm selling it you know, whatever the idea and the, and, and the thing he wants to do instead of uh, half-assing it, you know, just fully committing to the the vision just so he knows if it really works or not versus kind of going at it half-assed. Like, I don't really have an opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I stay out of that because it's his show, you know what I mean? If he yeah. asks, you know, then I'll share a point of view um, that's honest, but outside of that, man, I'm just there to serve, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How, how often does he ask and what does he ask about? Uh, he asked, he asked, uh, like anybody, you know, it's, it's a band dynamic. He wants to know what you think and how it felt right. Certain moments. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a conversational thing amongst the band, you know, we're on the stage, a sound check hovering over a sound or, uh, hovering over a, a set list. Yeah. And kind of looking at things and saying, hey, this worked last night. This didn't work last night. But a lot of that to me, if I'm honest, I think a lot of it has a lot to do with the crowd or just this, the state of mind that a person can be. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is it is working. And, you know, depending on where you are, your your yourself, you know, um, can create a projection of what might not actually be happening. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yeah. So, so I just try to serve, like I said, and, and have a great time and have fun with the guys on the band stand and keep it moving. I feel like if we have fun, they'll have fun. They already bought the ticket. They're there. Right. So I'm not stressing. I, I personally don't stress out about the, you know, certain things, you know, but again, it's not my name on the marquee. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the 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 leaders of a given uh, endeavor sort of have more on their shoulders <laughs> as far for sure, as for sure. making stuff yeah. work. But I, I like what you said yeah. about, um, you know, kind of fully committing to whatever the idea is. It's like if we want to try to go in a certain direction, let's let's go there hard and really see yeah. if it works or not. Right. Um, is does that have to do with you know energy or the actual content of your playing or like what's your approach to that focus uh just believability just playing it like <laughs> i mean it you yeah. know what i mean like yeah totally um you know some some songs in the order of them can be a little jarring and and you just still have to sell it you know um mm -hmm. that's just kind of my approach with that you know so but yeah it's it is what it is. It's just it's just like any other gig, you know. They're all the same in that way, you know. Mm -hmm. For me, that it, that is, it's like whatever they need, whatever they need me to do, I'm gonna do it. Um, and I've gotten, you know, I'm older now, so like that that whole idea of of feeling like I know and how I feel like maybe something should be different or something is not being considered. It's like all that stuff goes out the window for me, man. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like, it's not my thing, you know? Um, and it took some years for me to realize that internally. Um, and it made me a better person and a better conduit to serve what the artist needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also like, because now I have my own outlet of doing my own music where I get that freedom and those things. So I don't necessarily project and look for it in every gig with every other artist you know it's right. like that's been the master lesson in my career so far is learning how to you're going to hear me say this a lot but it's just learning how to better serve where i am the moment the artist the style of music that i'm playing and then leaving it at that you know mm -hmm. if i want to do something else and i do it on my own or i find another artist to express that kind of version of me you know but don't try to insert all of me into every gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like what you're talking about is just this issue of control and, yeah. uh, you know, letting go of some and realizing that we don't really have a lot <laughs> in most situations. Yeah. And we've yeah. all played with those musicians who want to kind of grab the steering wheel of the gig. And, and we've, yeah. I think we've, we've been that guy at various times, but um, I can totally relate to that. I'm, I'm, at an age and at a stage where uh, I can I, I can better recognize um, you know where m my input or where exerting some control would be helpful yeah. <laughs> or constructive uh, yeah. and and when it would not be um, and it's it's an especially important skill I think in a, a gig as big as yours it's a huge operation you're a small part of it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, you you understand your your role of service and where you fit into the big picture. Yeah, yeah, it's fun though. I mean, uh, I, I will say, man, this this gig is is incredible. Uh, Keith is incredible. Um, there are a lot of things I'm doing outside of this gig as well. That's incredible, but it, it's it's great to like be able to float between a lot of different genres, a lot of different styles of artists and approaches. 
even within my own development of my own artistry uh, as of late. So it's just been a, a good place in life right now in, in the creative space. Uh, I feel it, it has a it has a calmness about it, but hmm. still a very a very um, explorative kind of vibe. Like it's not it's not calm in the sense of stagnant or comfortable or relaxed. It's like a calm of like confidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, knowing what I, I, knowing my strengths and building on that. And uh, I don't even like to say weaknesses. It's just like, it's those things make our strengths even better. It makes us more unique within mm -hmm. ourselves, you know? So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good place right now. Say, say more about weaknesses because like there, there are different ways to frame that in your mind, whether it's, um, you know, things about your personality and yourself as a human or things about your playing. And when it, when it comes to, you know, your quote unquote weaknesses as a musician, um, where do you sort of draw the line between looking at something and saying like, oh, this, this is something I need to get better at versus yeah. something that's like, oh, I, I don't need to worry about that. I, it's not oh man yeah like so living in the age of social media musicians yeah <laughs> and drummers posting stuff all the time uh making a career out of it it's really interesting to watch and it's, it's impressive and there are a lot of new things that pop up you know people you know diving into brazilian drumming and like you know certain kind of vibes it's like man that's cool and it's like but Man, I ain't got time to dive into that and add that. Like, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> they got that. That's cool. Um, and I, I wouldn't even look at like not being able to play a certain style in a certain way a weakness. It just means that like I approach it in a different way that brings a newness uh, to it. You know, so so I, I'm not chasing that. I, I've been playing and doing this so long, man. I've been doing this since I was two years old. Before it was before it was like the terms were used. Uh, I think I said this before is like a a, a, a savant or a, uh, what do they call these kids that start so early? You know, whatever. Prodigy. Like, yeah, like they didn't call us that. They were just like, "Oh, this kid is good." You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and they put you on the bandstand. It was like cool. They didn't glorify it. You know, it's like right, right. And I and I appreciate that because. There weren't cameras around. There weren't video things to to feel some kind of ego that I think right. sometimes happens. You know, it was like I wanted to be good. I wanted to be better. To be on the bandstand with with the legends, with the cats that like were teaching me and welcoming me. I knew that it was a privilege to be there. So I got a lot of ten thousand plus hours in early. So there's certain things about me that just aren't going to be me, and I'm not seeking to be anything other than that. And I'm embracing it more and more. Uh, a, a really good example of that right now is is the music I've been releasing, the solo music mm -hmm. I've been releasing. Uh, they're basically duets with one other musician, and it's all improv one takes. It's very wow. vulnerable, very, very, very vulnerable um, and pure. There are no edits. There's no like, oh, I like this section. Let me pull this and then connect it. To, it's just what you hear is what happened there's is there's nothing precious about it mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that 
because everything I've done and I continue to do in my life and in this industry is so produced, is so polished. Um, again, back to the, the social media musician, everybody's presenting a polished look and sound before they put it out. And look, yep. that's good. That's cool. That That's great. Um, but there also has to be a, a counter to that. There has to be some element of understanding, like, it's okay to be raw. And I wouldn't even say raw. It's just okay to be, have a sense of exposing of just the nuance of who you are and how you right. are. Right. You know, it's, it's okay. It's just okay to be. It's okay to be, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> micromanaging every little bit to try to present it in a way that can, that to me, I feel like is, is stressful and can create a, uh, a mental block in some ways where you kind of get on that road and, and you get lost in the expectation of what you feel like you presented to the world and you got to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound free to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a, a form of bondage. So, you know, the music I've been releasing is mainly because I know how to play a song. I know how to play a structure. I know how to play a part. I know how to create dynamic in music and a song. I know how to work well with songwriters and producers, but I was like, you know, I just want to go in with the person and just have a musical conversation that, that is not, uh, <laughs> it's not, there's no conversation verbally that's had before it. It's just like, Hey, let's sit down and let's play. I'm listening to you in real time. You're listening to me. Oh my God, that's what we made. Oh my God, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, we, you know, it's it's something special about that that I think is is lacking. And so, there are other artists that are doing things like this, which is really affirming. Uh, good example, Andre Three Thousand releasing a record, and uh, everybody's like, "Wait, what? It's about it's flute music. He's not rapping," mm -hmm. and I'm like yes <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know like no it's not this thing that you would think he would do it's very free it's very much where he's been in his life and it's very affirming for me to to see that because it lets me know i'm on the right track for self-exploration and what's probably needed in the earth right now mm -hmm. um uh i i wanted to make this kind of music specifically because during COVID, man, that was a scary time. Uh, the world, I call it the end of the world as mm -hmm. we knew it. Like everything stopped. We'd never seen anything like that yep. in our history. And it, it felt like it. And and looking back on it in in many ways, it was. It was, literally. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I referenced so many things. I'm a big comic book guy and I'm a big Marvel guy. And I was like, man, this is Thanos, man. This is like the <laughs> moment where like, some things need to change. Like we are shut down and shut in and the animals came back to life and they were able to breathe and live and be. And that was beautiful. Cause we were, the virus of humanity was all stuck in our rooms, you know, in our yeah. houses. So I, there was, you know, when you're stuck in your house, you're like, well, I want to listen to music. I want to still stay in a creative space. There was no music, bro. That spoke to me. There was nothing I could play. Hmm. There was nothing there, especially nothing with words that can give anything that spoke to the emotion of what 
I felt I was feeling in what everybody was feeling. There was no mm-hmm. sound, no song. And I went back to just listening to old jazz, like the the old good stuff, man. And there was something about that era and the pain that they felt, especially specifically the black jazz musicians, the cats that, that struggled every day to just create something real. Mm-hmm. Something about the sound that they made even then was so relevant in that time, in that moment. Yeah. Uh, because they really were tapped into being honest and, and uh, they were really tapped into um, the pain of what it felt to be stuck where they were, you know, and mm-hmm. to live the reality that they were living. So I, I dove into that. And so it gave me the idea of just really going into the studio with some of my favorite musicians uh, one at a time. I wasn't ready to go into the studio with a bunch of people. You know, yeah. I was like, man, me, another musician and an engineer, that's it. That's that's how we should go down. Cut in the same room, no overthinking. Let's go for it. And it's been the most healing uh, expression of Terrence F. Clark in in any form uh, that I've ever discovered for myself. Um, and so then to connect that to everything, like the, the Keith Urban gig or whatever, it's like it makes those moments more unique for me. Right. Because I'm like, man, I. I'm not looking for a certain freedom in certain gigs. I get that in my own space. Mm-hmm. I can I can serve this person and this music a whole lot better because, you know, I'm getting my kicks somewhere else in a certain style, a certain way. I, I'm I've never played with a country artist. I I, ne- I didn't grow up playing in the country market. This is the first, and it was a major seat. So, I'm sure that there were a lot of people who were very curious of as to what I would do and sound like on this gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that uh, friend of mine now, like I, I could call him friend. He's, he's, I wanted to know him when I got this gig and that's Chris McHugh. He's yeah. like, to me, the architect of the sound that is Keith Urban. Um, I wanted to know him and sat down with him and it was just incredible. We connected. There was much love and respect. And I want to show him that I under him, you know, even though I'm coming in, I don't know anything about this stuff. But I do know right. there's a there's a through thread, there's a through line, because it's American music. Yeah. Genres are silly to me. Uh, you, you know, the through line is that it's American music. It's all rooted in the same thing. So it's just a it's just a twang or a different understanding a different part of language, but it's all still rooted in it gotta feel good, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and the the um the urgency and the intent of an artist who knows who they are and means what they're doing like it it sounds and feels the same across any genre whether it's jazz or country or punk like when when somebody is doing what they were born to do and they know it like you can hear that you can feel that yes and and it goes back to having a sound yeah a sound that that translates and it's timeless it's not trendy and that's a whole conversation within itself I'm not trying to pick it like social media musicians at all. No, pick at it, please. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's destroy it. Uh, but 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 it's 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 uh, there are things that there needs to be there need to be. I think there's a reverence that's being lost in mm. honoring 
what has been and there's not for this to be the information age they really don't know a lot they only know what they know and that's fine but at a certain point it becomes not fine you know yeah. <laughs> uh you got to you got to honor the people who made this possible and if you're playing a uh, a part of and and you're uh you're you're part of the the conversation that is part of the craft in which you you've adopted to want to be part of. You you, it's only right to do the work to figure out what this all about. What is this all about? You know, like mm-hmm. I got this gig. I wanted to meet Chris McHugh immediately. I was like, man, this dude is the dude. These are the songs I'm playing. I want to understand from his perspective, not just his playing and how he approached it, but I want to know the person. To me, the person played a big part in understanding the approach. Yeah, yeah. You can't understand anything if you don't understand where the person came from, what their inspirations are, what they're they're trying to translate in their mind from their inspirations. You can't just go in and be like, yeah, I'm new to this, but I'm doing this and I'm, I'm the first one to do this. You're not. You're not. Uh, So the legacy is bigger than ourselves. And the way you honor honor your legacy and the way you build a better legacy is understanding what was before you. And uh, I think that's the thing that's that's lost upon a lot of people coming up and even some older ones, even some people who, you know, have fallen victim to their own persona and their ego. Right. You know, I was, I was going to say, you know, in, in, when it comes to someone not understanding history or, or not understanding the context of whatever they're doing, or at least the full context, you know, I think, you know, young people can be forgiven to an extent mm-hmm. for that. Yes. It's like, okay. Yes. You're young. You don't know yet. You don't you know. Time right. to learn. But right. more and more, like for more and more people, they don't have youth as an excuse. No, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Th- those those types, th- th- those kind of people, I, I just let them be, man. It's the same. I mean, at least the young, if if they're seeking and searching and, and they're searching for some information, I'm always open. Like it's an, it's exciting to try to share some knowledge. But to those who think they know, I just let them be. You know, yeah. like they they're going to be who they are. Look, that's cool. We we just don't run the same circles. It's fine. Like we're not we're not we're not going to be in the same conversations. It's fine. I don't I don't really care about that part, you know. Well, it goes back to the the issue of of control when it comes to trying to change someone's mind or trying to educate someone. Like there are opportunities or situations where like your your input would be beneficial and well received. Yes. And <laughs> there are others where that is that is not the case. Well, man, I, I'm going to reference my dad on that one. Uh, a person seeking truth will will always listen to it. Hmm. A person seeking truth is always going to listen to it and seek it. You can't force someone who's not seeking though. If if they just want, if they think they already know, they already know. Let them know it, because. Their knowing is still their reality, right? You know, um, and so within that, it's like okay, cool. But again, like the best way I can say is, is like my dad says, like, look, you know, you pour into those who are seeking truth because it really changes them. 
Mm-hmm. Don't go, don't stress yourself out trying to teach people who are not seeking, who really don't want to know. They might act like they want to know, but they don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that only frustrates you, you know? Um, right. And it's a and, good reminder to turn that on yourself. Like, am, yeah. am I really seeking or, yes. or do I think I know? <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and even saying all this, it's like, uh, it's not a, it's not a dig. I mean, it. it's not a dig at how things are in the current culture. It's just, I have an issue with when there's not a reverence and a, and a, a equally focused drive to understand that there's power in knowing what was here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if not, you're just going to repeat. And that's why the trends and that's why the music industry just keeps making the same crap. Yeah. You know, because it's not rooted in anything. It's only rooted in capitalism and making money. But there could still be there could still be art as a part of like the industry. There could still be the mainstream elements of true art and 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 there is. I'm not there there is. There's a lot of it on on so many levels and so many genres. Um but you know, I'm just here to do and play my part. I, I know there are a lot of people who to this day still don't know who I am and that I exist and the things I've done. I don't really care about that. I don't, I don't go on social media to try to remind people of things I've done mm-hmm. or try to keep, keep people's attention on me with posting a groove a day. I, I, I just, <laughs> you know, it's just not, it's not my thing. I want to make music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, well, it's I, part of what we talk about all the time about, you know, there's there's the music business and there's the drumming business. And yes, they're two very different things. And mm-hmm. no shade to the drumming business. There are a lot of amazing yep. drummers making yep. a great living in the drumming business, but it's yes. not the music business. Yeah. And some of them kill it, bro. I mean, the, yeah, the money yeah. that some of these, these people making on TikTok and I'm like, bro, <laughs> kill. you kill it, bro. Congratulations. Yeah. Get after it. Get after it. Make that money, bro. But I mm-hmm. am too old to try to be chasing that i've yeah. established you know what i'm saying like i've i've established a different way of making a career these are cats that like there weren't opportunities to get in the band or or get known or because it's saturated so many people so you you figure out a platform you build on it and boom you're famous you're popular dig that yeah i ain't chasing that man i'm not even gonna say how old i am but like i'm <laughs> i'm not chasing that anymore like I don't, yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I ever did really, but I'm not well, yeah, chasing it, it. Doesn't it doesn't seem like you were ever caught up in that game? Um, and it it reminds me about one of my my favorite quotes about aging. Um, mm-hmm. And I forgot who said it, but it it basically goes like when when you're in your 20s, you really care what people think about you. When you're in mm-hmm. your 30s, you stop caring what people think about you. And when you get to your 40s, you realize nobody was ever really thinking about you. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so there's I, I, a lot of freedom and a lot of power in that where you realize, like, I can just go about my business and not many people are going to care. And that's actually a good thing. Right. Well, I, I'm lucky. I'm blessed, whatever word you want to use, uh, because I was, I cared about things, but early on, I realized the only people that I care that care that I wanted I care about caring are my parents. Mm-hmm. The people who are close to me, the 
people who raised me to be who I am and, and uh, poured into me. Uh, the people who saw something in me, I was like, okay, I'm doing this for y'all. Like I'm doing this yeah. to make y'all proud. And, and, and that's, that's it. You know, um, whether people like what I do and how I do it, it's not for everybody. Just like all this other stuff is not for everybody. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. And that's a better way to contextualize that. Not, not that nobody cares ever, but like the, the older you get, um, you know, you, you realize that the, the list of people that you actually really want to care is a very short list of people who love you, not a long right. list of fucking strangers. Right. Right. No, totally. Um, you know, it's, it's for me, my list is real short. It goes to, it's my dad, my mom, Steve Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and like, maybe Chris McHugh, maybe Chris. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like, you know, yeah, it's like stuff happens and I call one of them and, and I'm like, this is what's going on. What should I do? Is this cool? Like to this day, I still ask for advice, man. I'm still, mm -hmm. a, I, I still feel like a kid in a lot of it. Um, and I still feel very honored to get the calls that I get. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know when this is going to broadcast, but like, there's some things coming up that I'm just excited to share that I'm amazed nice. to be part of, you know? So, yeah. but by the time this comes out, it'll already be out. But my own, my own, uh, project snapshots volume two, uh, is out. And uh, I released one earlier this year, snapshots volume one. The so volume one is with myself and a saxophonist named Art Edmondson. And volume two is with myself and a pianist named John Arndt. And uh, I would really love for people to check it out. It's just really good music, really free-flowing, cinematic, uh, something you can just listen down to. Uh, but Snapshots volume two is probably easily my favorite uh, release of this series so far. Uh, and I'm excited to release all this on Charlie Hunter's label. He he believed in me, and and, and I'm on Side Hustle Records, Very and cool. he's incredible. Um, and so he, uh, he did one with me that will be coming out next summer. So oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, God, yeah. Charlie, Charlie is just a, a golden human, man. Yes, he's, he is, dude. Yeah, I've I've interviewed yeah. him on this show. I've I've also interviewed a number of drummers who have played with him, including uh, Sluppick. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Good old George. Yep. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, Marcus. that's great to. Uh... Oh yeah, Finney. Yeah, Finney's been. Yeah, on the, Finney. Uh, Finney's He's been with on the with us a, num yeah. a number of times. Yes, yeah, so I I did with I played with Charlie and Kurt Elling, and I love seeing my other guys getting on that because it's such a great gig. It's such a God. great space to play in, man. What a dream um, gig that looks like. It's a it's a killer gig. Kurt Elling is special, man. So yeah, uh, yeah, him him and Charlie together. I'm just glad that, that that's happening. But yeah, Charlie loved what I was doing, put me on his label and it's super chill, you know, like none, I'm not going to go live and go tour this stuff. It's just to make content and make music. Mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, hopefully my goal is to make something that, that could be in the spaces of, of uh, TV and film because it has that kind of vibe. So right. man, check it out. I, I'll send you a private link so you can kind of hear it uh, cool. straight away. 
But, and it's so um, interesting how how like whatever whatever gig we're in, like this um, this snapshots uh, project sort of yeah. came about because you you were just sort of feeling the need for more freedom, more expression, more uh, rawness, if you want to use that word, yeah. um, because so much of what you were doing is so heavily produced. Um, yes. Yes. And and like you said, being heavily produced isn't necessarily a bad thing. But no. if if you do enough of one thing, no matter what it is, there's you're going to reach a point where you're going to want the opposite. Like you need to fill yes. the gaps in whatever it is you're doing. Um, yes. And and uh, I, I encourage everyone to to follow that. Like I'm on this gig playing nothing but two and four for two and a yeah. half hours every yeah. night and it feels great it's the fucking temptations you like who right you know? but in my warm-up sessions and in my improvisation i'm like let me do anything other than that i'm looking for yes. every other beat except two and four <laughs> yes exactly <You> know? <laughs> exactly and that's that's what's so fun about it and i'm grateful for the people who have uh helped me to execute it and um it's been a it's been a ride, and I'm ex- excited to do more. Um, but thank you for for inquiring about that. And here's another project that's coming out next year that I'm grateful to be part of. Cheryl Crow just announced her new album, so okay. I'm on that. I'm on that. I'm on a few tunes with that. That was incredible. She's a badass. Oh my god. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some other stuff happening, but I don't know if I could say anything yet. And I would love it for it to be on your podcast, but they'll just have to see it when they see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. interviewed you last i'm trying to think that was like that was a while ago it was like 2017 yeah i had just got the robert craig gig i think right so um what when when exactly did the keith urban gig come around so i don't think i've shared this publicly maybe i have i got the keith urban gig uh summer of 21 okay post-covid yeah, he called personally, which was wild. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of moving parts that made it happen that I that come to find out. Like it was pretty wild. Um and the way that all happened is pretty serendipitous, man. It's just kinda wow, you know. Uh but yeah, he called and the rest is history, man. It it was a really direct kind of thing and the thing i really appreciated about him uh is that he approached it like hey man i want to see if there's something you'll be interested in Mm -hmm. not not like this whole thing of like oh man of course somebody would want to play with me in this gig it's a great gig like you know yeah it was like he wanted to see if it was something i want to do and if i was willing to come and jam with the band and see how it felt and let them you know so they could feel how it felt and i did that and 
a few days later, he called. He said, man, would you join my band, man? Would you be in my band? I was like, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Nice. And uh, the rest is history. And and thankfully, like, he's been, he's been bringing me in the studio with him now, which is yeah. great. Um, so you never know what that'll turn into. Like, I never like to talk about anything until it's out, you know? Right. Uh, but, uh, but it's been nice to like be invited into that part of his world and not just be his live guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that's, that's why I wanted to reach out to Chris. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to understand that dynamic, not from him telling me about his dynamic specifically with Keith, but more so understand, you know, understand the person that had that, that kind of role with him before, you know? Right. Right. Um, and so again, just doing the research, doing the homework, uh, to take the time to get to know the people who've done those things, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So when, uh, when Matt talked to you, um, we actually created a, a clip of, of you talking about this. You were, you were talking about, um, you know, <laughs> times, times in your career, you know what I'm going to say times in your uh-huh. career when, you know, an opportunity comes along and the, the right thing to do, the mature thing to do, the self-aware thing to do is to tell that person, I'm not your guy for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to dip out of this. I'm going to let somebody who is like, you know, really into this thing. This is what they do. I'm going to step out of the way for somebody else. Was there ever a, a, a moment in this Keith Urban process where you were like, I don't know if I'm the guy for this. Oh no, bro! I knew I was the guy. <laughs> no, it, it 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 was uh because this is this is the thing again. I did my own. I did my research the same way he did with me. When he offered it to me, he was like, "Man, it blew my mind." He was the first artist I've worked with that took the time to tell me about me, to tell me about the things he sees and notices about what I bring to the table as a musician drummer, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind. Like I've been with some great artists, man. They're not the most uh, open uh, people, right? They're not going to just be like, let me tell you about this thing that I like about that. Uh, Keith was the first. Keith literally broke down. He said, man, you got the soul, you got the rock and roll, but then you got the hip hop, you got the like." He was going, he's like, you do this thing here. I've I've noticed you studied this. Like it was like, the ideal Scorpio person, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Doing their research to like, really like learn who you are and what you do. It was beyond humbling. I was like, this dude sees me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, like all those, the, the, the secret work you do for yourself, all of a sudden somebody's like calling it by name and pointing yeah. it down the list. I was like, whoa, bro. You know? Yeah. And he, it sounds like he, he not only understood you and saw you as a person and as a musician, but he's, um, he's, you know, educated and versed enough as a musician himself to recognize, uh, those things in you. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, Hey, I, I like that you do this. It was, I like that you do this and I know where it comes from. Right. 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 And, and man. I don't know. It, it was it was an immediate bond. We I remember our first rehearsals. Uh, we jammed and <laughs> we were just jamming, man. And he just looked at me. He said, "Dude, when you he said you when you play 
you just make me want to play. Like whatever <laughs> you just, I just want to play. And that, that to me is a, a, one of the highest compliments because uh, that's the energy I think any creative should want to possess. You know, you bring your tools to the table and it should inspire people to like, want to like, I want to dive into this thing. Yep. I want to jump on this. I want to get into this conversation because this this is feeling good. And yep. and again, I lo- I learned that from Steve. I've seen Steve do it. I've seen him get on the kit where everybody's around and he just start playing. And all of a sudden, people just fall in line and start <laughs> making. It's like a call. It's like a call to arms, man. I I love that that kind of magic where it it doesn't it doesn't take words is calling everybody hey everybody let's get together it's like you start a groove you start a beat you start a thing and everybody know oh man i gotta jump in that i gotta get into that yep you know i gotta get in the water of that so it's been good it's about like uh my wife says all the time you know people people don't remember what you play or what you say or how you dress or what like whatever people remember how you make them feel Yes. Um, and that applies to music, uh, so directly. I think, um, if you can, if you can approach what you do with an energy that makes people feel a certain thing, whether it makes them want to yes. play, whether it makes them want to dance, whether it makes them want to sit down and shut the fuck up and listen, um, right. approaching your playing with, with that kind of intent, um, and that kind of, uh, uh, authenticity or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been really fun, man. Um, Keith is a, a incredible musician, and I've had so much fun on this seat. Um, and I'm looking forward to to more time getting to know him musically and being uh, his backbone in that way. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I've learned so much on this seat, man. Um, and well, it has nothing to, to do. You, how is this? Yeah, it has nothing to do with it being a country gig because it's not really a country gig to me. Mm. You know, like it's just music. Right. His his, li- his library is so vast, and he's so influenced by a lot of things. So, like these labels are so limiting. I mean, it's bizarre that we still kind of limit ourselves to these things. Yeah, well, that's mostly about marketing. Um, I know, I know, but. <laughs> But what are what are some of the ways that that this gig has stretched you as a musician or as a person? Whether it's about the nuts and bolts of playing this music or the logistics of a gig on this scale. Uh, I think the way it's challenged me is there are a lot of pieces of me I've hidden away hmm. over the over the years, um, because you know you don't think that being a certain version of you is accepted. And it's, again, I've said this before, not every gig requires all of you. Mm -hmm. But there are parts of me that I've been able to tap into on this gig that I have not been able to tap into on really any gig. And that's been really fun. You know, this this more rocker side, you know, this this really uh, dynamic side of me that I get to share um uh and that's something that he even mentioned to me that he was excited about uh was that he was he was really excited about the dynamic element of my playing you know um and so 
it's been fun in that way. I, I, I guess those are the things I've learned. It's just kind of like it's been challenging and really accepting the things of me that someone sees in me and being okay with being that. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like we could go so long with like trying to cater to what we're supposed to be for whatever, you know, time and space. And a lot of that is self-policing. And I'm be real, just being a black dude uh, in America, you you naturally do that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you code switch, you self-police, you try to stay invisible, you try to stay out the way. And keep, you know, given that I'm like the only black dude on the stage, he doesn't want me to hide. Mm -hmm. He wants me to dig in. He wants me to be what I am and who I am. And that is empowerment. You know, that is empowering Um, more than anything that has to do with music or, you know, there, there've been times I'll just be real straight up, you know, being in the seat, sitting there playing in front of like a lot of people who don't look like me. Yeah. Majority people don't look like me, like literally the whole space. There's no one in that space that looks like me. Um, And knowing that I'm the new guy playing a pretty big role on the stage, one of the loudest roles on the stage and knowing that some people given their history or their background, probably not, not really into the fact that I'm up there. Yeah. Uh, And I've seen it. I've seen the way people look. I've experienced some really interesting things at some festivals that I won't (laughs) get into. Uh And I have to get on that stage and still serve and play. And to know that I have, I'm playing behind a guy who has my back and says, I got you. We good. Screw that. Screw them. We finna go up here and rock their socks off and show them. It's like, he understands my own personal uh, assignment when I step Mm -hmm. on that stage in the sense of like, it's not like, let me show you who I am. Let me, this arrogance. It's like, no, let me, let me show you that like the way you see me, you're missing a whole lot of goodness just off the prejudice and like the judgment that you might be possessing Mm -hmm. just off of my skin. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Uh, And assuming that I can't play this music, I can't do this thing. It's like, you know, I come from the people who made this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's be let's be real. You know, so right. Um, so that's been the biggest challenge, if I could be honest. Uh, and it's not from him. It's been in in just those spaces mm-hmm. where people don't even expect you to be there. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that that that's that's something that's not spoken of enough, uh, especially in this this quote unquote genre uh uh space of music, you know, a lot of us share similar stories and uh I'm not trying to be a bomber, but it's the reality, man. It it mirrors exactly what's happening in our world. Yeah. You can't get away you can't get away from this stuff. It's everywhere. So um I still have to play in front of people who are playing, you know, wearing MAGA hats and, you know, wearing wearing confederate stuff and yeah you know it's it is what it is like i'm not 
I'm not crossing my eyes at them, but I'm like, all right, cool, you here. I'm gonna play some music for you. you right. Know? <laughs> and yeah. and I I know you might have a problem with me or might assume you think you know who I am and what I think and believe. And I might have I'm like, man, look, you could be who you are, do what you do, just as long as it doesn't hurt me or my family, or you know. Right. At the end of the day, I'm up here to play some music and, and help you have some fun. Well, something I've been thinking about recently is, um, you know, you were you were talking about not not every gig requires your whole self. Um, yeah. But something I've been thinking about is the idea of um, withholding your talent mm-hmm. on a gig, um, mm-hmm. and I I don't uh, I I don't think there's ever a legitimate reason to do that. No, I think it's uh it's it's understanding your power. It's a discipline. Yeah. I, yeah. I that's, and that's the, the reason I say that is because what what you're talking about is like you look out at, at you know these people and you have these experiences, you know, at the festival or whatever, like you experience this, but then that that doesn't stop you from withholding your talent on Oh the yeah, no. 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 Not at all. It actually like empowers me to want to serve them even more mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. you know you feeling the way let me just make this feel so good where your butt can't stop moving yeah you're like you you probably don't have rhythm but still i'm gonna give you some rhythm you know what right. i mean <laughs> like right you know you know you probably and i'm sure it's caused I'm, I'm sure it's caused some conflict in some people where they, you know, they see you on stage and they feel a certain way about you. And then halfway through the set, they're like, this, this is great. I'm having a good oh. time. And this guy yeah. that I felt a certain way about is now the source of this good time that I'm having. Um, yeah. I, I would, I would like to think that a few people have had like a, a bit of a <laughs> difficult internal <Yeah>. moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy that. I, I see that because for those kind of, that kind of energy people think they're not it's not oblivious uh they think that it's not overt but it really is and you mm-hmm. see them toiling within themselves that <laughs> that that thing you know and yeah. i it just it make it makes me smile even bigger on stage because i'm like man i'm getting to you ain't it oh yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. baby feel this groove baby feel that deep pocket baby <laughs> Ooh-wee, you know yep. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that that's that's the joy I have in it because I'm going to bring joy. I'm going to have joy. You know, I'm learning how to even embrace that more because it, it can be hard. It could be heavy. Um, but again, I think realizing and 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 being shown from from Keith that he has my back. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that that's that's just everything, dude. Like, yeah, you know, Uh Another thing I've been thinking about a lot recently was brought up in um, my interview with Mark Party a few uh, weeks ago, and he talked about having your boss's trust, you know, yes. whether your boss is a singer, songwriter, a producer, or whoever. But, you know, what you're talking about with Keith, about how he's said, like, I see who you are. I value what you do. You know, that's, that's the musical side of it. But then with this sort of... Uh, you know, culture wars bullshit. Yes. He's yes. also saying like, I, I see, I you see you, are, you. and yes. I've got your back. And yes. Um, and it's really causing me to start to think about, um, you know, what to look for in a gig and what to look for in the people around you, because we all, 
want to play certain genres. We all want to play drums a certain way and be allowed to do that. We all want to, uh, you know, have a certain platform, a certain scale of gig, a certain income. Like we have all these goals, but mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm starting to believe that the most important goal is to have the trust and respect of yes. the people you're playing with. Yeah, because you spent you're you're leaving home, you're leaving your family to be away uh, away from your you're leaving your family to be with these people. Mm-hmm. There has to be, there has to be that kind of trust. I mean, there has to be a space where I know my mental health is, is, is sound. Yeah. You know, um, like I, I don't care if, if dude ever says anything over the mic specifically to a certain issue. That's not, I don't expect that. That's, that's bull. But, the way he is in real life, you know, off this stage. Right. That's the, that's where it counts, man. You know, yep. every, everybody wants somebody to speak out about this and that and the other, and that's great, but everybody shouldn't have to. It's about the daily practice of real life and how you're treating people and what you're doing with those people. Yeah. Uh, that's community. That's empowerment. And it leaves a deeper, it leaves a deeper example and and produces greater fruit than trying to say something to everything and have Mm. a voice on everything man um that's exhausting (laughs) (laughs) it is uh it's exhausting to participate in and it's exhausting to uh listen to or or watch yeah yeah that's not that's not living living means actually living you you come across something that needs your attention serve it do the right thing show it compassion and empathy and, and keep it moving. stayed connected to memphis do you still live in memphis do you live in nashville is it both is it neither <laughs> and i'm i'm still rooted uh like like fedex my main hub is in memphis <laughs> uh but i also have a, a space in nashville so i i float between the two um and i enjoy that i enjoy that greatly um mainly because Memphis is just so man, it's rooted and grounded way deep uh for me. Um it is the source of which makes me a better human and a better player, musician, a creative. Uh Nashville is the business for me. Nashville is also community of a certain kind. Uh, but Memphis keeps the the ego way down. Mm-hmm. Memphis keeps the 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 Terrence F. Clark version that could be created way down. You know, it's like, look, my friends in Memphis don't care what I'm doing and who I'm playing with. They just want to be like, hey man, when are we hanging out again, and get some coffee. 
or going to lunch. Yeah. How's the kid? How's the, like it's real life. Not saying I don't have that with, with some of my great friends in Nashville. And if I was in Nashville, it'd probably be the same thing. It's the atmosphere of the cities to me. Yes. Uh, yes. That's what I mean. It's like Memphis is just Memphis, man. You know, uh, Nashville is is it's a lot right now. You know, it's it's a lot happening in Nashville. And, you know, one day I might be there mainly, but I, I do enjoy both sides of the coin. You know, say more. Say more about there's a lot happening in Nashville right now. What do you? Oh, mean? look at you! You just look at you, drama. You want the drama? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nashville is cool, man. I mean, I just there's a lot of people and moving there. Understand? Like, I'm not. I'm not searching for drama. I'm not trying to get. Oh you no, to I know, shit. I know. I'm, te- I'm, te- I'm teasing. I, I'm teasing. I live in Atlanta. Um, I have lived in Kansas City for seven years. I lived in L.A. for five years. I've spent time in Nashville, and I understand what you're saying about you know the um, the community of a place versus the business of a place. Yes. Um, and as you know, I've spent time in Nashville, but I don't live there. As an outside observer, it seems to me that there is a little bit of a battle for the soul of Nashville right now. Yes. All right. That's it's a good cultural, way to put it. It's political. It's generational. Yes. Uh, yes. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Nashville, man. Okay, I'm gonna just say it because I say this all the time, right? <laughs> I, I'm gonna get whipped for this. Ah, I can't say it. I can't say it. All right. <laughs> Look, Memphis and Nashville are like two different women. Memphis, you you can't just come in Memphis and be like, oh, we got this cool idea. It's really cool and hip, and it's you know this and any other." She's going to look at you like, all right, cool. But what she going to do? For, like, she's kind of like, you got to invest in me. You can't mm-hmm. just bring this in here and think I'm going to be all like, ooh, gaga, ooh, la, la. <laughs> you know, Memphis yeah. don't roll like that. You know, you come in and think you got a thing. And and, and Memphis will jump on it and kind of see, like, come check it out for a minute. But when when, when it's over, it's over. Like, man, that cool. I could do that at the house. I could cook that. Like, any new flashy thing. <laughs> Memphis, the, the soul of Memphis is like man I'm good on that bro like yeah, you know if, you, yeah. if, if you're not you can't sell me on that Nashville on the other hand Nashville's different and that's Nashville's all I was saying buying. <laughs> yeah yeah that, Nashville's just a different lady you know she's like want to have some fun want to be inclusive and that's beautiful but like the fun thing the, the funny thing about Nashville is like She's like, oh yeah, I love everybody. That's cool, but Nashville Daddy, which is the uh, <laughs> Nashville Daddy, which is like the outskirts that actually they actually got the money, you yeah. know, Nash- they got the money and really actually runs Nashville. It's like, nah, baby, it, we don't do it like that. We we don't allow that, and uh, mm. it, it, we we gonna keep it like this. And uh, you know, I you have your fun, you do your thing, but one day you are gonna grow up. But it's daddy's money right now, Ooh. and and this is what it is, and that's the that's the best way I could put it, man. That's the best because because yeah <laughs> yeah it's different, bro. It's different. I, so I that, understand. I understand fully what you're saying. And yeah, that, that's the so that, that's the that, best way I've ever heard it put. That that affects the culture of everything that is, and that's why Tennessee is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why Memphis is the way it is because Memphis doesn't get the resources that it needs because, you know, Nashville's the capital, you yep. know, yep. 
they still mad that we got Ikea and they don't, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of silly things, man, you know? Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, 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 I choose to live in Memphis because I like to be there. I like to invest into the culture of Memphis and show that people like me can do the things that I'm doing and still be in Memphis. I can still afford a house. I can still afford a really good living. Um, and I could if I was in Nashville as well, but it would be a little bit more stressful, you yeah, know. Uh, yeah. So and, let me ask you this: like, there's there's what Nashville is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if I lived in Nashville, and it happened to me in L.A., if if I lived there, I would constantly be trying to get it to like me. Yes. Uh, whereas you know, in Kansas City or Atlanta, it's like. They, those towns just say, I see you. I like you. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I guess what I'm getting at is that the environment of a Nashville or an LA or probably a New York uh, would just activate my insecurity and my self-consciousness in ways that I don't like and that would not be beneficial to me. Um, yeah. Do you struggle with that? So let me, let's be fair. Let me give the other side. Nashville hadn't always been that way. Sure. Right. There are different things, of course, culturally that have always been there, but to the point of where it is now, there are a lot of old school cats in Nashville. They're just like, man, yeah, they're moving further and further out. You know, they're trying to, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it used to have a more communal relational connection. And now it's more about who, you know, and, you know, the hype of what you've done and who, you know, it's, it's not mm-hmm. as ground and rootsy as it used to be as far as like, just knowing good people and getting in, you know what I mean? Right. It's right. a, it's a like bit more, said, it's the business. It's yeah. The business it's a bit time. more, it's, it's a bit more opportunistic and it probably mm-hmm. has always been that way. Cause things come to the surface, you know, but in my opinion or in my experience early on, when I first started going to Nashville, man, it was just, I was going to move there. I was like, this is the place to be. The industry is here. It's really cool. Um, I I would say definitely I've had that thing of like it not liking me. Uh, I don't think it likes me now because the work mm-hmm. I do there is with people who are not from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like it's the people who move from LA or New York or whatever. Um, so. Uh, and even having this gig, uh, it's it's it came about from outside outside sources. It wasn't a Nashville thing. Now I will say, yeah. I mean, I gotta say this though, but this is also showing old Nashville. If it won for like Rodney Crowell, if you don't know who that is, he's a legend. Oh my god, he's a legend. Uh, I did some demo sessions with him. It was my first kind of real deal country experience. And we clicked, man. I love that man. He's incredible. And when I got the call from Keith, I actually called him. I I didn't, I had just really met Rodney, but we connected really, really, really real deal. And I called him and, and, well, we had a session and I told him that Keith had called me and he said, man, that's a good, that's a good situation to be on. This man Message Keith, and I really think this is the thing that kind of put it over. Uh, he messaged Keith and told Keith that 
I was the one he needed to have. Essentially, mm-hmm. he basically said, "Man, this guy is creative. He's incredible in the studio, and you will benefit from having this this young man." And that was my first experience of of kind of experiencing, quote unquote, old Nashville, older Nashville, you know, legacy Nashville, putting me on mm-hmm. off of like a first experience. Um, that's what Nashville I feel like used to be. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for Nashville in that way. And I, again, I'm not trying to shit on Nashville. It's just very different. I think all of us are trying to reconcile what it has become or what it's becoming. And like you said, the soul of it, trying to figure it out because Memphis is experiencing its own identity of, of what it wants to be. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening there that has nothing to do with music, mm-hmm. you know, has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with a lot of real life. Uh, but also the draining of resources because, you know, I ain't trying to get into politics in that sense, but like that, that, that affects how all of us create. Let's be honest. Like it's all connected. It's not so separate. It's, it, it, it affects everything. You know, Um, that's what the term politics is, is people. It's the Mm -hmm. putting together and organizing of people and ideas. And so to, to, in a nutshell, so, if we're not talking about that, then we can't even talk about art. You know, you can't talk about the freedom and and the ability for people to have it uh, uh, an even platform to create. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Nashville is great. Memphis is greater. <laughs> uh, I, I love my Memphis town, man. All my people there. There are people who don't even know me. They don't know what I do. They don't know that that there's there's a true. Oh, I got to say this. There's a true legacy of Memphis drummers in the country yeah. music scene, man, that people don't know. Uh, and it, for me, it starts with Steve Potts. Steve Potts, for years, uh, played with the Judds. And mm-hmm. uh, he got that gig, uh, I think, through Willie Weeks, because I played with Willie Weeks, and he told me about those years. And then you had another drummer, Myron, Myron Howell, from Memphis played with some country, big country acts out of Nashville. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like I'm carrying on that kind of legacy, you know, of mm-hmm. Memphis cat, Memphis cats with a certain sound and feel coming into this Nashville thing, you know, yeah. um, I'm not a country drummer, man. I'm not a blues drummer. I'm not a jazz drummer. I'm not a soul drummer. I'm not a fusion drummer. I'm just a musician. Mm-hmm. You sit me on the seat with any artist, it's going to be what it needs to be, <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's going to be you because you know, yeah, man. you know who you are. You know what you give a shit about, and you're yeah. going to bring that to every style of music. Yeah, that's first, and that's what Memphis taught me. Mm. Period. That's what Memphis taught me. I, uh, it's the best education that a, that a musician could ever have is to to grow up in that. I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful for yeah. all of it. There, one of the uh, one of the cast members on this show uh, is a guy named Jalen Harris, uh, who okay. plays Eddie Kendricks in The Temptations. Um, nice. He's, he's from Memphis, born and raised. Um, nice. And in in addition to the stupefying talent he he brings every night, um, there's just a a rootedness and a calmness and a security about him 
And I, I gotta believe that 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 comes from Memphis. Like everything yeah, I'm man. hearing and feeling from you, like Jalen brings that same energy. Like I know who I am, I know where I come from, and I'm just gonna be. That makes me happy to hear, bro. That is, <laughs> I'm grinning from ear to ear, bro. That's 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 it, dude. That's the legacy. Like I don't yeah. even know, dude. I don't know, dude. And he probably don't know me. But the reality is, he's holding up the legacy of our town. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can say like, man, I know, I know people who possess a certain thing from that that place, and it's a real thing. It's yeah. believable. I, you know, it's a thing, man. Yeah. Uh, it's it's that's awesome to hear, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, it was it was great talking to you. It's it's great to see you uh, just thriving so hard uh, in in everything you're doing. And thanks thanks for coming back on, my guy. It's it's the best to, to catch up with you. It's been a while. A lot has happened. There's a lot we didn't even touch on in this time, but I hope you have <laughs> me back. I hope you yeah. have me back. and We could talk about some other stuff specifically. And man, first, of all, I want to say this to all the people listening. Look, these things, these podcasts, these are great. You hear us talking, sharing our stories. These are just a fleeting moment. It's like a vapor. The way I feel right now about things can, diff- can definitely change within a week or a day. So Give grace to people when you hear people sharing their story or their experiences. Give grace to even the quarter note you played a second ago to this next quarter note. It's It feels different, man. It's a different vibe. It's a different moment in time. So, like, allow yourself the breath of being open and free to ride the wave in the current of the now and give yourself grace to know that, like, that can change. There's no true absolutes in, in the space of art and creativity. Um, it can still change. Even when you're done with a, a piece or a, a presentation, you can still change it. So in these words that we share and these co- topics that we talk about, uh, man, give grace, man. Give grace to yourself. Give grace to the, to, to the people that you're learning from. Give grace to the people that you're teaching. Give grace to yourself. That's the way we become better human beings, thus better creatives. You become patient and you become a better server unto yourself. And then you can serve people even better. So I hope that helps people. I, I just want to leave with that. I want to make sure people know that like all these things that are said, man, this is literally a fleeting moment. I am not going to feel this way once I get off this call. Once I get out this conversation, it's probably because I'm hungry right now. You know what I mean? It's it's so many variables, man. It's so many variables. You know, it's the same. It's the same way where you you know if you playing a groove and you playing music one night and you kind of on top of the beat versus the next night you kind of behind the beat. Like, bro, give yourself grace, ladies. Give yourself grace on how you playing and feeling. And like, we all just got to give each other more room for grace, man. It's that's that's the beautiful part of living, man. Just just do that. We can all smile and have some joy, be more vulnerable, be more open. The better, the best things can come from us when we allow ourselves to do that. So, yeah, man. Yeah, there it is. It's all right there. Beautifully put, man, as usual. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Great talking to you, man. Be well. You too. You too, brother. Thank you. There you go. That's Terrence Clark. Thanks again to him for coming back and sharing some of the many lessons he has to offer. Hope you dug that. Next week, Matt Krause will be talking with Ra Kalam Bob Moses. 
Should be a lot to dig into there. He's a jazz legend who was at the forefront of the post-bop movement in the 70s and has remained so ever since. Hope you check that out. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, play pretty, and thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you.